Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Joy Podcast, your roadmap to a joy-filled life. I'm your host, Catherine McAdam. I'm a nurse practitioner, single mom, worship leader, and a Christian minister who has also experienced the heartache of a marriage to a drug addict, divorce, and homelessness. Most of all, I'm an overcomer who can completely understand what you're going through and speak life into your situation. It is my desire to bring hope and encouragement that you too can live a life of unstoppable joy no matter what life hands you. I'm not here to give you pat answers and cliche scripture verses. I'm here to honestly share with you the mindset hurdles and the spiritual and emotional barriers I had to overcome on my journey to becoming a comeback queen. I believe as I share my story and those of my guests, you too will be able to find your unstoppable joy. So pull up a chair, grab your favorite beverage, and let's get started. Hello, lovely souls, and welcome to the Unstoppable Joy podcast. This week, I want to talk about something that we all aspire to, and that is love. We all love love. There's movies, books, and plays, and operas, songs, and sonnets dedicated to the topic of love. Most of us just yearn for that feeling of unconditional love and acceptance. And some find it, Some think they find it and only to find out that it's full of holes and infidelity and it's not true. I've been on both sides of this topic. Um, I've felt incredibly let down and hurt by someone I've opened my heart up to and It's taken me years to heal and to be able to be willing to take the risk to love again and be vulnerable. God has so graciously blessed me with an amazing husband and I am so thrilled um, to be married and to have the love and adoration of such an incredible man. But I struggled for years feeling less than, feeling like I didn't belong anywhere, or just feeling off balance because I didn't have somebody in my life. I almost made an idol of being in a relationship, having somebody to love and someone to love me. Now, of course, I had my kids and I was head over heels in love with them, even though they were very difficult times of parenting alone. And each of them has uh, stretched my patience and proved my love for them with the antics and the crazy things that they have done um, over the years. But I'm talking about that kind of love that really we look for in our relationship with a significant other. God has created us not to be alone. And in the Garden of Eden, it says that Adam was alone. And for the first time in all of creation, as God is surveying things, he says that Adam was alone and it was not good. If any of you are yearning to be in a relationship with a significant other, or maybe you're even married and feeling lonely, or in a relationship with someone else and feeling like it's just not satisfying, there's a reason for that. 
We were created to know the unconditional and perfect love of our Heavenly Father. And as wonderful as some of our relationships can be on earth, they fall short of what God has designed for us. That oneness, that intimacy with Him, that surpasses all human love, it is agape love. We can make an idol out of love. We can be so focused on being loved and accepted and being in a relationship that we are willing to make compromises to try to achieve that love, to try to keep that love. And that's where a lot of us get into trouble. The problem isn't desiring to be loved and finding that person that makes you feel adored and accepted and unconditionally loved and valued. The problem is in making that all that you are seeking. You see, when we do that, we end up making compromises. Now, I'm not just talking about physical compromises. I'm talking about When we are so desperate to find and keep the love of someone else, we're not true to ourselves. So many of us tend to play down our likes and dislikes. We try to become something that we think someone else might like. And therefore, we're not really being real. We're being phony. And so (laughs) we finally get somebody that likes us and if you're playing this game and you're trying to be someone that you think someone else will like it's not the real you that they end up falling in love with it's not the real you that you're building a relationship with this other person and if they're doing the same thing then you have two deluded people that are fooled into liking each other And when the truth comes out, everything unravels. And you're back to square one. You're hurt. You've exposed yourself and opened yourself up to this person. And then you feel betrayed because they don't really like the real you when you finally open up to them and show them who you are. Why do we do this? Why are we so afraid to be who we are? I think it boils down to we just don't trust that God has something good for us. We try to manipulate and control and be in contr- and be in charge and make certain that we are not going to be alone and that we are not going to be hurt. But in the meantime, we're basically repeating the same mistakes over and over again, repeating the same heartache, the same breakup, the same loneliness. And we get caught in that and then we get better and angry and we feel like giving up. Joe and I both, when we ended up finally um, meeting, we both were just done with the whole dating scene and feeling like, oh my gosh, I just can't do this anymore. This is just, it's gut-wrenching. It's so hard to put yourself out there and try to meet people and Even if you're trying to be who you say you are, um, you always want to put your best foot forward. And so you will, in some aspect, 
you know, present the best side of you to somebody. But when the relationship is not all what you are about, then you have the freedom to be yourself. You have the freedom to say, this is who I am. And if you don't like it, it's okay. It's perfectly fine. I will be just wonderful without you because I am happy in who I am in my own skin. I am happy with my relationship with Christ and who I am and what my life is to this point. I believe when we truly love ourselves and appreciate ourselves for who we are and know our worth and our value in Christ, then we won't come off as being so desperate. We'll be okay on our own. And I think that is the recipe for happiness because knowing that you are not looking to someone else to make you happy, man, that gives a lot of freedom for you and for that other person. If they're not put on earth to make you happy and you're not put on earth to make them happy, if they're just happy on their own and having you is a bonus, it's icing on the cake, then that is the best case scenario for a joy-filled, happy life. But not everybody gets there. Not everybody can find that. So I created this course to try to help people to get to that point of being happy, (laughs) being satisfied, satiated with who they are, And who God's created them to be and to be the best them and the happiest them that they could possibly be. So if you know somebody or you would like to be a part of this course, let me know. Uh, I will be offering that here coming soon. It's going to be a a fall reboot camp. Um, It's going to be a six-month course of working on ourselves, building up who we are in Christ and becoming the best us and in all aspects, um, mentally, uh, emotionally, physically, spiritually, um, with our finances and with our careers, um, being on the best path, right? We're not expected to be perfect. And, and that is another part that people really go awry. They think that they have to be perfect to find somebody else. That is not true. And that's how people start to dilute themselves and say, oh, I'm this or I'm that and, you know, pretend to be something that they're not. Many of you may have heard this story before, but I want to share it here because it's such a good example of how messed up we can be when we are hurting, when we are longing for that kind of love and looking for it in the wrong places. When I was in high school, I had the first love of my life and I was head over heels and I made compromises to try to keep that love and ended up losing my virginity to this boy and then we broke up and I was devastated. I was so hurt by that rejection. It was like a raw nerve (laughs) exposed as I was feeling rejected by my father by my parents and didn't feel like I fit in anywhere. I just felt like I was unlovely and unlovable. And I had this 
this person in my life that had made me feel lovable. It made me feel like I was had some sort of self-worth. I was looking to somebody to find my self-worth, which is, you know, I was young and, and didn't know better and I was hurting and hadn't found that acceptance and that love and um, my sense of, well, my sense of self-worth from my parents. Um, and I hadn't, I didn't really know God as my father to the extent to be mature enough to look to him to find my sense of self-worth. And so as I was lifeguarding one morning and it was several months past the breakup and I had really sought God through the whole situation. I was hurting and he was my comfort. He was my closest friend and he was the one that I went to to try to make sense of all this hurt that I was going through. I spent hours, I'm not kidding, hours in prayer and worship and studying the Bible every day because I was searching. I was searching for some answers and try to figure out what it was that God was trying to teach me and how to get out of this pain that I was in. And I remember lifeguarding that morning and it had been months that I had been seeking God. And, and, and I really thought that, well, once I figure out, you know, and, and draw closer to God, that he's going to give me what I want. There's a verse that says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And that is a very true scripture, but I was using it, trying to manipulate God to give me back my boyfriend, to give me back my relationship and my sense of self-worth that I was finding in this boy. But that's not what God had planned for me. And looking back, I cannot thank God enough for saying no to those prayers. He has moved in my life over the years and changed me and, and given me wisdom through that situation and many others that came after that. But anyways, in that cold, snowy morning at the swimming pool, I was lifeguarding and I, I remember standing up from where I was sitting and I was I was very angry at God. I was confused and hurting and I remember saying to God, you're not real you're you're not doing anything to help me. I have turned my life over to you. I have sought you. I have spent time in prayer and, and just gut-wrenchingly crying and, and seeking God and trying to figure out what he was saying to me and what he wanted me to do. And nothing was changing. I thought he was going to do something. I thought he was going to make things better. And I felt like it was all empty hope, empty words, empty promises. And so I remember walking away from where I was sitting thinking, I don't believe in God anymore. And that was something that was very foreign to me. I had grown up in the church. I had known Jesus since I was a little girl. And to think about not being a Christian anymore was unheard of. It was a thought that hadn't even crossed my mind ever. And so as I walked away from where I was sitting, in my heart, I was walking away from God, thinking there's no right, there's no wrong. This whole God thing is just a lie. It's a scam. It's just something my parents have told me about. 
God's not real. And I went to the other end of the pool and I sat down kind of just reeling from what I had just made my mind up. Reeling from the decision that I had just made, thinking that I could do whatever I wanted to. There was no right and no wrong. And no sooner I had sat down than this little old lady comes walking out of the pool. She had a, she was super cute. She had a little skirted swimsuit on and a bathing cap and her glasses. She walked right past the end of the pool area and walked up to me and said, as she was approaching, I was thinking, I don't want to talk to you, lady. Just get your own kickboard. I, I don't even want to talk to anybody. And I remember her walking right past the kickboard box and coming up to me and saying, I was swimming and God told me to come over here and tell you that he loves you. I just was floored. I literally could not believe what I had just heard. This little old lady, God told her to come tell me that he loved me right at the moment where I was basically cussing him out in my head and telling him that he wasn't real. As I was flailing my arms and kicking and screaming in my head and spiritually speaking, he was sending someone to tell me about his love for me. You see, God's plans and purposes, they cannot be thwarted. He had plans for me. He had plans for me that didn't involve that boy. He had good plans for me, plans to prosper me and not to harm me, to give me a hope and a future. And by him saying no, that was the most loving thing that he could do. At the time, I couldn't see it. I couldn't understand why he was saying no to me, why he wasn't making things better, but he was making me better. He was making things in me and growing things in me that I would have never learned otherwise. More importantly, he was teaching me to trust him. And even today, There are times when I don't understand. I don't understand the way things go. I don't understand um, why things don't succeed. I don't understand why my kids face hardships or the car breaks down or whatever it is. But I know that I can trust him. That his no and, and his way of Allowing things to come into my life is not ultimately for my harm. It's for my good. And his loving way, he is trying to teach me and help me to grow and help me to see things from his perspective. Ultimately, (laughs) my story is a story of love, seeking love and finding love. My story started when I was young my relationship with Christ and the story about me at the pool is all about me trying to find that love, trying to fill myself up with the love of another person, 
and trying to find my sense of worth and my value from that. And there's nothing wrong, absolutely nothing wrong with seeking love, seeking to be in a relationship. But when our priorities are off, when that is where we find all of our self-worth and our self-esteem and our identity, then there's something wrong with that. And honestly, it has taken me years to understand that. It has taken me years to figure out who I am and what my identity is and what my self-worth is. Finding my worth in Christ and having my relationship with him be sound and firm and not wavering. So that's what my course is going to be about. It's going to be about having your roots be deep in Christ and finding your soulmate without losing your soul. (laughs) You see, so often we think that something else outside of us is going to complete us. Whether that is a person, a relationship, things, position, maybe we're feeling like kids having children is what is going to satisfy us when actually we were only perfectly designed to have that part of us filled with our relationship with Christ. So how do you go about (laughs) being balanced in this area? How do you go about being sound in this area and not being filled up or not seeking after things and people and relationships to fill you up? That verse we come back around to is, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. If you are struggling today with the why, why would God allow this? Why are things this way? Why am I struggling? Why isn't everything working out for me? Why can't I find that love of my life? Why isn't my husband or wife the way that I think they should be loving me? Why do I still feel so empty and alone after I've gotten all of these things and I've achieved all of these accolades and positions and things? That why can be summed up in the fact that God has more for you. The good things that we experience on this earth are only a taste of what God has for us. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it to the full. And having it to the full (laughs) is only a part of the things that we will have here on earth. He promises us a home in heaven and glory with him forever. I don't know if you've ever experienced that here on earth. A taste of God that is so incredibly satisfying and yet makes you hungry even more for him. But it's possible. It's a real thing to experience the presence of the Lord in such a way 
that it fills you up, it gives you joy, but it also makes you yearn even more for the things of God, for the relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given us and it doesn't fit in the old wineskins. We have to have a new cleansed being to put that new wine in. And that is once we accept Christ, we're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come, and our, we are a vessel clean and ready to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's us. Once we are cleaned, spiritually clean, he fills us with his Holy Spirit. He fills us with that new wine. He talks about giving us rivers of living water. Living water is that constant flow, that life. It never ends. And this life that we're in is just a little glimpse of what is to come. It's, an, it's a life that never ends with him. Is what we're looking forward to if we have our relationship with Christ and we've trusted him to be our Lord and Savior. Are you on that path to becoming more and more like Christ and finding your joy and your hope and your love, your sense of worth in him? Or are you relying on things to give you value, to make you feel important? Are you thinking that a relationship is going to be that everything to you? Are you putting too much pressure on your significant other to meet the needs that only God was made to meet in your life? If so, take that to God, talk it over with him, confess it to him, and ask him to help you to change. I hope you found this helpful. I hope you grow spiritually as you consider these things and grow closer to God. And I hope you have a great rest of your week. Be blessed. Hey, before you go, make sure you click and subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. Also, make sure you go over to our Facebook group, Unstoppable Joy, your roadmap to a joy-filled life, where you can find other like-minded individuals who are also on their journey to finding a life of unstoppable joy. Click the link below or in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Be blessed.